I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. Our celebration of all things Spider-Man continues this week with what I'm calling a definitive and absolutely correct ranking of the top five best Spider-Man movies as decided by me and my very special guest this week. My guest is actress, fashion icon in the making, and TikTok extraordinaire, Emily Uribe. Take a listen. Emily, how are you doing? This feels like a long time coming. I have been begging. I am an afternooner. Like, I am a part, like, I am treasurer of the fan club. And I have been so, I've watched you for so long, A, and B, I love this entire experience. And the way you talk to guests is just like, my favorite episode you've done is the um, Cinema Joe one, which I have so many bones to pick with him, but I found it so good and you guys made so many points and I'm just I'm literally I can't say how excited I am to be here oh my gosh you're like the first guest to be like oh my god I'm so happy to be here Joe um (laughs) (laughs) no but this is you have been one of the people that I've been trying to get on the show for a very very long time um so this feels like a a long time coming it's gonna be a blast but before we get into all things Spider-Man I need to talk to like Emily because Miss Emily (laughs) For those of you who don't know, which if you're listening to this podcast, you absolutely know Miss Emily Uribe, but you have gone from like TikTok to these red carpets to freaking can. Like, what has that journey been like for you? Very fast. Um, I I don't process things right when they happen. It always hits me days later, months later. Um, so I can only say that it, it's been very fast and it's been one of the biggest privileges to be able to attend such highbrow and just meet people and network. Um, but it's been a really fun ride and I, I hope it doesn't end soon. I'm very, very happy with it. And I'm really hoping that, you know, someone like me who used to work two retail jobs, went to school, anyone who is listening and is doing that, like there is such a big chance for all of us and there's room for everybody. Um, and there was room for both of us. We're both like trying to make it. We're both trying to work. We're both trying to do it. So Whoever's listening, like, trust, we are literally living proof that, like, we can achieve so much in such a short amount of time and continue to build our name and career. All right. A couple of inspiration. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just been the the coolest thing about getting to do, like, what we do is seeing the people who are doing it alongside you. And every time, first of all, every time I see Emily post anything like a red carpet look, I'm like, yep, yep, eight left no crumbs like you're such a fashion girly and i truly like some of those cuts like those are some deep cuts that you're pulling like on some of these red carpets like they're good i mean it's it's i just i love i think one of my biggest things with red carpet style is i don't ever want to look like i'm going to prom because i've i've been to prom i've done the prom dress i want to make sure that i'm coming like in a a totally different vibe and b it's just about having fun Mm -hmm. like i think it's so much more fun to curate a look than have it presented to you on the mannequin like why not put the creative spin on it and make it your own um but i love i love clothes which also spider-man has a big mary jane and gwen stacy specifically i can't wait to get into that but their their style and the way they were you know stylized from page to screen is so interesting so i'm really excited to chat about that like fashion is major in these movies it really is and even like for the spider-man red carpets like zendaya i still think about the pink dress that she wore for the homecoming premiere oh yeah with the hair it was so beautiful she she just has such a pulse on a dressing on theme Mm -hmm. and b 
Like she knows exactly how, like she's always wearing the clothes they're never wearing her. When she's walking in an outfit, it's Zendaya. It's not Louis Vuitton. It's not Valentino. It's literally Zendaya. It is Zendaya. It is like a second skin. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Well, we're going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to get to that. But speaking of just like Marvel, like you are like a Marvel girly, like down, like you are a fan. Oh yes. I like, where did that love for you begin? Like, what are your, some of those core memories for you? Oh my gosh. Uh, when I was younger, in 2008, Iron Man 1 came out. And mm-hmm. I hadn't really been a fan of The Incredible Hulk. Um, but 2008, 2007 and 2008 were big because Transformers and Iron Man came out yeah. in those very cognitive years. And I remember my dad picked me up from school. We went to like our local theater in Salinas, which is where I'm from, is Maya Cinemas. And it's a small chain. They only have a couple in California. Um, but he took me there. We walked Iron Man. And I will never forget the look on his face when he saw Tony make that suit and come out of the cape. He was blown away. And ever since then, I really have loved, um, you know, keeping up with Iron Man and all of the Marvel movies. Tony Stark is my favorite. I have a lot to say about him in <laughs> Homecoming because a lot of people didn't like him. What's wrong with a father figure? What's wrong with a mentor? What's wrong with someone having someone to look up to? And I just have so much to say, but I, Iron Man 1 is probably and still is my favorite ever Marvel memory movie. Even like the Eternals premiere, that's honestly one of my favorite projects ever. But that Iron Man 1 was my first ever memory, which is crazy to say because we're talking about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember having a super big Spider-Man, you know, influence. Like my dad wasn't really into it. It was something I I grew up to like. I didn't like it when I was growing up. I agree. I think I've definitely I do I will say like Spider-Man was one of the first Marvel adjacent mm-hmm. projects that I watched. But you definitely do grow into it. Like all of a sudden you've seen all the Spider-Man movies and you're like, "Yeah. How did that happen?" <laughs> like when? No, how? I I agree. It, it's it's a franchise and it's so big in pop culture, but I I never grew up being like, oh, Spider-Man, oh, Spider-Man. Like, that just wasn't me. But I did enjoy, you know, getting into the cartoon aspect of it. Those were always on. I think I grew up watching more of the Spider-Man animation than I did the live action. I agree. I will say, like, exposing myself, I'm a DC animation girly down. But I agree with you because (laughs) they have some of the best storylines because they take from the actual comic books. Mm -hmm. Like, it's from literal page to animated screen. It's amazing. It's phenomenal setting when we do our dc episode you'll be coming back on so that we can get into it you know what we need to start phoning a friend we got to start getting <laughs> like several people in here and getting them to chat Ooh, Just, that dc episode is going to be the afternoon special special once i get like three to four of like my like friends my like, good friends on this yeah. podcast it's going to be absolute <laughs> chaos but it's going to be <laughs> the best i'm like really looking forward oh to yeah it. but speaking of the mm-hmm. eternals you said that that was your first like marvel premiere like can you describe the atmosphere the like the electricity of a marvel premiere oh my gosh i mean it's very exciting. It's very chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my first, that was my first ever influencer event. I, I had no idea what to expect when I got the email for it. So I have a friend named Cameron and he works, I believe, for Lucasfilm. And he texted me saying like, hey, I, what's your email? Like, what's your business email? And I didn't really have one at the time because I didn't have anybody representing me. I was just doing it on my own. Um, and I was like, oh, it's this. Why? And then he texted me like, we have a magical surprise for you. And I was like, oh my, isn't that crazy? Oh, and gosh. I was so excited. And then I got the email, like, I think an hour later. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, the lead up from getting the email, 
nothing will compare obviously to getting something from the mouse house it's just like mm-hmm. say what you want about them they are just like it's magical event planning yeah yeah it's magical it's it's what you grew up with it's disney um very chaotic very fun also really fascinating to see like the groups that are invited because that was my first ever event and I wanted to meet so many people but also at the same time they have their own friend group Mm -hmm. so how do you join in on their fun so it it takes a lot it's also it takes a lot to ease into it because I don't think I have a lot of social anxiety I'm very much I'm gonna go up to somebody and I'm gonna say whatever the hell I want like (laughs) you're gonna hear from me okay um but I was so nervous at this event because I was thinking damn like these people are like titans in the in the tiktok world and Mm -hmm. i didn't know what to do but i i feel like i i grew out of that and now i just i i think of it as such a fond memory and i mean who can say that that was their first ever event it was crazy for me and also it was fun because it was there was so much representation on the carpet like they had salma hayek there you know we had um brian tyree henry like it was a major moment i think for anyone who was involved who was a person of color the eternals was such a moment for me i remember going to see i think it came out either on or near my birthday and mm-hmm. i went to the alamo draft house shout out to alamo shout out to alamo hey alamo draft house fans we're here we we are here those pickle fries we're like this oh we're like this oh my gosh mm-hmm. but i went to an alamo draft house and i saw it two times in like 48 hours because i was like blown away by what that movie was attempting to do and what it did and the cast Mm -hmm. and Chloe Zhao as a director. I mean, like she really brought this different energy to the whole movie and people don't really like recognize it. People don't recognize it. But what I don't understand is I think one of my biggest things with the Marvel fandom and we're in it, like we're Marvel fans, Mm -hmm. but we all have very different opinions about how we think everything should work. And one of my biggest gripes with when Eternals came out was, you guys want these high level directors to come in and direct a Marvel movie, but you don't want them to give it their, their spin on it. You don't want their vibe. You want it to be like copy paste, copy paste the Marvel formula. Chloe Zhao brought a totally different vibe and essence. Like it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Watching Eternals. It was such a different experience than watching per se. I don't know, like infinity war and all of these other movies. Mm -hmm. It wasn't formulaic. It was so refreshing and people's issues with that were, it, it blows my mind to hear people's critiques and what they thought because I watched a complete. We watched a completely different movie, buddy. <laughs> Two we different. Didn't, movies. We didn't watch the same thing. Two different, Two different films. movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. I was like, "Oh no, y'all! This was a masterpiece." And if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. I'm sorry. You've been left behind. It. It. it we, maybe our frontal lobe is a little more developed than most. Like we can say that we fully got it. Other people, they're they're half cooked up there. It's not it's it's not working. They'll get it down the line when like the critics all of a sudden are like, actually, the Eternals is really good, and then they'll be like, I actually liked it when it first came out. It's like, no, no, you weren't there. No, I agree. That just happened with like pop culture, another pop culture thing. Charlie XCX, she got so much criticism for Room Room when it came out, and uh, the person that reviewed it for Pitchfork just changed their mind in an article said I gave her so much flack for that. And I now acknowledge how ahead of its time it was. And I think that's what's going to happen with Eternals. We we lose the battle with the Eternals, but we're going to win the war. Mm-hmm. No, and we're still standing. Sorry, Quantumania. Ooh, what happened? Flop. Literally, what happened? Flop. <laughs> Sorry. Damn. Absolute flop. <laughs> we could talk about <laughs> Eternals forever, I know. But looping back to Spider-Man, I know you said that like Iron Man, that was your your first like Marvel experience. What was your first mm-hmm. memory of, of Spider-Man? Like which movie was it? You know what? I think 
It probably was Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. That one I, is really ingrained in my mind. Because, um, you know, I don't know. I grew up not really having cable, but I had channels like FX randomly. Yeah. And like um, Telemundo would play the movies in Spanish. So one of the first memories I have is Telemundo playing Spider-Man 2 in Spanish. And it was when I was learning more English because mm-hmm. I grew up, my first language was Spanish. So I remember being like, okay, cool. And then as time went on, FX started playing the amazing Spider-Man movies, which was cool. So I watched those. But I think my, my first core memory was watching Spider-Man 2 on Telemundo. And then a bigger memory that I remember was 2000, what, 12 when Amazing Spider-Man came out with Andrew Garfield. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting journey because I feel like most people yeah. like have like, oh, I went to the theater. I really wanted to see it. That type of thing. Yeah. No, I had a younger brother growing up and he wasn't even to Spider-Man really. He's into mm-hmm. the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but he he literally, I asked him the other day because right after you de- um, texted me about this, I asked him, what do you about spider-man that we watched and he was like honestly nothing like i i love the tom holland ones and i can't even tell you the other ones yeah that's real that's really real yeah i mean real real and honest real and honest that's tom holland's impact so you know without further ado let's go ahead and get into these rankings so emily and i are going to give our top five these are our favorites if you don't agree you can take it up with i don't know a journal a diary a therapist your mom like it's no literally i this is for us you know what I mean? It's for it's for it's for us. It's for the girls. It's for the afternooners. Mm-hmm. And if you have a different opinion, like by all means, tattoo it on your body. I really don't <laughs> care. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So would you would you like to go first? What's your number five favorite Spider-Man? Oh movie? my gosh. Number five is Spider-Man one. Okay. 20, 2002. I think when that came out, it was a a really big step for the superhero movie world. Um, And I think it introduced the iconic characters, which are Mary Jane and and Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. It just was so, every time I rewatched that movie, and I I based a lot of these, my top five on rewatchability. And Spider-Man 1 is the one that I don't watch often, but if I'm you know, bored at home, I will look it up for free. I'm not renting it, first of all. I am looking it up for free. That's what I'm going to do. Same with all of the rest of them. Um, Period. Unless it's on a streaming service. But I, I I rewatch it, and I think, you know what? This is really fun. I think I can see how much fun the cast was having as well, which is really exciting. Because mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire, while he is not my favorite Spider-Man, mm-hmm. his physicality in the role, he seemed very comfortable in the suit. I like his suit. I like the suit design. Him and Tom Holland suits are probably honestly my favorite. Yeah. I really enjoy. Um, and I made sure to check all my opinions on social media. I'm not backtracking. You can call me a hypocrite, <laughs> but I'm going to check. I'm going to make sure I call myself that too. No, because those weirdos, uh, they would just be like, um, but she tweeted about this. And it's like, oh my God, get off my page. You freak. It's like, <laughs> I don't care. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man one is my, my number five. Um, and Sam Raimi, I think he's very talented. I, I really want to give him his flowers and, Tell him, you know, you really did something with with this franchise. And I, I don't think it was 
you didn't do what you did with it with multiverse, but you did something really cool with the with the Spider Man trilogy. Yeah, I want to hear about your top your your number five. My number five. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum, and mine is Spider Man three. Wait. Oh wow. Yeah, it's Spider Man three. I wanted to put it higher. I promise you I did. I, Whoa. <laughs> I I wanted to put it higher because here's the thing. For me, camp value goes a long oh. way. Like Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3, I rewatched it for the first time in years in a hotel room. And that oh. that is like a weird space. Like it's a liminal space of watching something in a hotel room, like on vacation. You're slightly delirious. Like nothing is really tired. You're tired. <laughs> nothing is making sense. And I watched that movie and I was like, this is camp, actually. Wow. And I will say that the casting of Brock and Toby, they look like they're cousins. They do. It was actually really fantastic casting. Yeah, Topher Grace. Um wait, wow. I you're the first person I've ever heard give that movie its flowers. Like, for real. Thank you. It, <laughs> transparently, that's my number 10. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair, though. But I will say, for the camp value, oh, you're absolutely correct. There is nothing like Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it is so... And I think th- my favorite thing is when comic book movies go back to the insane camp value of the comics. Because, like, not every comic yes. is this, like brooding character study like a lot of those things are just like little kitschy fun for something for the kids and that movie was (laughs) definitely like something for the kids it was just so so not operating in any realm of reality like and it came out Mm -hmm. in 2007 which was like a banner year for film and it dared to do what it did It dared to do what it did. And you know what? Like, you're very correct. It can't. Oh, it was camp as hell. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a really good observation of, I think, one of the things that has changed in recent years is how serious a comic book movie is and how it takes itself so seriously. And I'm going to have to rewatch it now. And it's going to be like Coco Melon. Like, I'm going to turn my <laughs> brain off and have so much fun, I bet. Because thinking of it that way, it makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Um that you say that and that reminds me of how i felt about birds of prey i love birds of prey i rewatched that last night it's so good it's so good it's so campy Mm -hmm. and it it was just something it was something for the kids something fun something for everyone to get down to you know for the summertime (laughs) but i'm gonna i'm gonna have to watch spider-man 3 now you've changed you've rocked my world (laughs) thank you so much i because i here's the thing like there were some some of these Spider-Man movies weren't touching my list with a 10-foot pole. You know what I'm saying? But, and we'll get into that. <laughs> we, okay. we will get there. But Spider-Man <laughs> 3, I think it unnecessarily gets raw. And I get it. Coming off of Spider-Man 2 and going to Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3, like, that's a disappointment. Like, that was a letdown. Not for me. I had fun. <laughs> You're like, you guys stay safe, though. Stay safe. I, I'm good. <laughs> I had a good time because I went in oh, with yeah. no expectations. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to rewatch, but okay, number four. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. The latest installment across the Spider-Verse. Okay. All right. I, I think the style is amazing. I also love the the color changes for every character. I think the additions, I will say this movie felt a bit too long, mm-hmm. but they're trying to get through so much story. It's a lot. Um yeah, I, I think it was just it was so cinematically done. And I think the Spider-Verse movies are the ability for them to be commercial, but as authentic as they are mm. is something 
that a live action movie could never do. And it, I don't think I have a comic book movie that is as authentic in my favorites that works the, and operates the way that does. Because I, I, I compared it to watching, I had so much fun. I compared it to watching Transformers Rise of the Beast and they're mm-hmm. not comparable at all. But I think for a movie that is so commercial, but wants to have, you know, people of color in it and showcase like culture, I think you should just do an animated movie. Yeah. You have the to. way like I we're looking at so much diff- style and we're looking at so much gravitas that I almost wish some other live action movies would just say, hey, why don't we just go the animated route? Look at the success of Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, it killed it on all fronts. Also, Metro Boomin on the soundtrack. I'm never going to hate. I'm always going to love. It's all love. I love. I love that soundtrack. It'll never touch the first one. Yeah. But they did have my girl Becky G on it and I have to give it its flowers. Like <laughs> I have to give her. I have to commemorate her. Um. And also, you know, I'm so happy that Haley and um, Shamik Moore have chemistry on, on the animated screen. Because, you know, sitting down, it's never going to happen. It's never going to work. I'm like... Those interviews. Mm. Y'all don't need to do this to sell this movie. Okay, we're going to go see it. Oh, yeah. We're going to go see it. You don't have to worry. Yeah. We don't have to do this. And she looks so like, oh, she wants to get out of there, that poor girl. Um, it was it was, tra- it was hard to watch. And it, the uh, multiple attempts, I was like, all right, baby, we got it. We got it, love. <laughs> we got it. And then Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara knocked it out of the park. The, I, his performance is something that so many you know, actors who want to do voice acting could never could achieve. Never I felt it. every emotion. I feel like he was spitting into that mic. Oh, okay, like, absolutely. He really felt that. Like, I I was blown away. Same with Daniel Kaluuya mm-hmm. as Hobie. He absolutely knocked it out of the park. One movie where he gets to be British because he's always American. <laughs> uh, he's always American. I thought he did it. He let loose. He, let, he was free. Um, but overall, I just think the voice cast is probably one of my favorite parts about the entire franchise and across the Spider-Verse. Besides it being a bit too long, knocked it out of the park. It was so good. And we were at the Across the Spider-Verse premiere together. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. We got to see it, which let me seeing that in that theater, I we were surrounded by black excellence. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends was sitting um in front of Offset. He went on FaceTime like six. He FaceTimed Cardi B in the theater. Like <laughs> we were like things were happening that premiere was nuts it was insane i remember at one point because they had a like um like a pre pre party like yeah the, the like thing. cocktail it was like a reception it was really cute yeah it was a cute little thing it was a little crowded it was a little crowded oh well it was like a little strip like you would think you were you were thinking on hollywood boulevard like it, it was a little <laughs> small they had drinks everyone was like crowded up like we were all just trying to get get through it yeah like like the drinks and the atmosphere it was really really cute but at one point during the whole shebang i just remember i was like by myself for some reason and i was just watching Issa ray do press and i was like oh my god like because she is my role model she's my idol i love her yes and i was like i am sharing the same air with Issa ray right now like it was a out-of-body experience it was so good and yeah after we when i was leaving like she didn't make any noise like she, she kind of just snuck out regina king just oh wow yeah just walked out and i was like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> hey no, I, that's crazy also another thing i think that's important to bring up with this movie are we allowed to talk spoilers here it's been out for a week oh i already did I a spoiler non-spoiler thing so spoilers for across the spider-verse whatever skip over this perfect um 
I thought one of the biggest issues people would have with this movie was the way that they brought in, you know, Toby and Andrew and they didn't use Tom. Because I think when I think of nostalgia, the movie that really did so much fan service was No Way Home. Yeah. But that movie was driven with so much ego Mm -hmm. versus this movie, which was so it was just a slight touch. It was perfect. It didn't overshadow anything. It wasn't about them, um, which makes me believe, you know, and Amy Pascal confirmed it recently that there is an actual live action Miles Morales somewhere in whichever Earth that is. Um, who that man is, I don't know. Haven't met him yet, but I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was so beautifully well well done. Um, the way that they used that, those moments. It was really... Uh, it's just... It was perfect. It was tasteful because I think they could have definitely gone the No Way Home route. You know, like they could have had... Like, they could have brought in Toby and Andrew and had them... Like, given them speaking parts and everything like that. Yes. But I like that the most prominent cameo was donald glover's prowler and that felt like a treat for like the comic book fans you know oh yeah because he he wanted it so bad at one point he really was campaigning for it he was helping make these movies um he was also in spider-man homecoming which is crazy like Mm -hmm. he's had his his fair share of the spider-man being involved in the world and it was so well done. He had like what two lines, and it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> like that's all we needed. And I wonder what it felt like for him putting on the suit. Like that must yeah. have been such a cool, cool moment and experience for him. So I'm very happy for him. It was a really good, just overall, just a really good movie. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it later because it's somewhere else on my list. I won't say where. Ooh. Okay. 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 Well, what is what is your number number four? My number four. We just talked about it. Is Spider-Man: Homecoming. I Whoa. I love that movie. I am a Tom Holland. Peter Parker. Truther. Truther. Yeah. I love that man as Peter Parker. There was something about, like, I I remember seeing Homecoming, because I can't remember when it came out. Was it, like, 2016? That is, I have it right here. Spider-Man Homecoming came out 2017. 2017. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for preparing more for my show than I have. Oh, I literally. Oh, my God. I have, like, every movie with the cast. Like, I I came. Okay. You are the perfect guest. I'm so sorry to everyone else who has been a guest on the afternoon special. But Emily came with notes. So I don't know what to do. But do 2017, it. I was 18, I think, my first year in college. And I just remember being in the theater and being like, oh, that's my Spider-Man. Like, yeah, that is, that's my boy. That's my Spider-Man. And also, I'm a sucker for a John Hughes coming of age 80s flick. And that is what this movie is more than anything else. Absolutely. Like, it's a John Hughes yes. film. If John Hughes made a Spider-Man film. And that's going to go a long way with me. Oh, absolutely. And he, the the cast for that movie also, Michael Keaton as Vulture, is mm-hmm. inspired casting. It was absolutely perfect. Everyone held their own. Also... I was looking at the because I have the cast written down, and Garcelle, the housewife, mm-hmm. was um, Liz Allen's mom. Yeah. I was I had to go back and watch a scene. I was like, Garcelle, what are you <laughs> doing here? Like, this is amazing. Um, any movie that employs a housewife is a friend of mine. Like, <laughs> I don't care which one it is; they're a friend of mine. Um, no, it was so, it, it, and it also came at the perfect time. I think when the MCU, I mean, he was introed obviously in Captain America: Civil War, yeah. um, but it came at such a perfect time. I think for the younger fans of the MCU that were now growing into young adults mm-hmm. it really gave them you know almost like I don't want to say a sense of purpose but it really gave us all something that we could look forward to every year now instead of watching you know these older superheroes like now we had someone younger take the mantle and really 
get into it. And he was so happy to play yeah. Peter Parker in Spider-Man. This was his dream role. Um, and it shows every single movie he's in. It literally shows. But I will say, no matter what character he's playing, if he is having an American accent, I just hear Peter Parker. Like, <laughs> it never changes. That he, He's plagued with that because it's so, like – it was just so spot on and so great mm-hmm. but unfortunately tom i'm so sorry babe you it just sounds like you're doing your peter parker every single time parker mm-hmm. which i will obviously get into it but he is my number one spider-man but not my number one peter parker mm, okay yeah i would love to hear if, where he is in your ranking for spider-man and peter parker because i i just said this to her before we went on air um, I treat Spider-Man like Batman. Bruce Wayne versus mm. Batman is very different. I think Ben Affleck is a great Bruce Wayne, but I don't like him as Batman. Oh, real. Real. So mm. real. Ah, oh, my gosh. I need to think about that because as far as – he might be my favorite Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. We'll see. After we do this ranking, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> By the time we get there, I'll probably have my answer. Um, but, yeah, okay. something about Homecoming is just so good. The twist of – like Vulture being Liz's dad. Dad. Gagged. Gagged. Gagged and gooped in that theater. Like I, you could have never told me that I would be so, so gagged, but I was, I, I, I think I saw that movie with my, with my ex. And I remember I, we were seated and we both just turned to look at each other like, oh shit, mm-hmm. shit just got real. It, it, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, of course this would happen. <laughs> to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> he finally musters up the courage to talk to a girl and that girl just happens to be her dad happens to be his arch nemesis. Great. Oh yeah. No, and then John Watts's entire trilogy, I think mm-hmm. the movies have the same spirit track by track. Like they they all follow a very significant pattern. Um, which I heard he just dropped Fantastic Four. What a shame. I would have loved to see a Fantastic oh. Four directed by John Watts. We'll never get to see it ever in our lives. Um, but he he has such a, a true stylistic pattern. And I think he really understood Peter Parker mm-hmm. versus Spider-Man. And he everything was it was just so perfect. It came at such a perfect time. So I agree with that ranking. I love that. Thank you. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So moving into like these are now the heavy hitters. We're getting into the top three. Yeah. And this this is a big deal. So, yeah. what is your number three? Number three is Spider-Man 2. Okay. It's, I think when that movie came out, and as I've rewatched it, that is my third most rewatched Spider-Man 2 across any platform. Like, I, I, I don't log everything on Letterboxd, but I'm sure that I have seen that movie more than 15 times. It's absolutely, I think that's almost a perfect movie in terms of superhero and blockbuster mm-hmm. um, styled movies. Also, I just love seeing Kirsten Dunst. Like, I'm a Kirsten Dunst truther. I will always love Same. her. Um, and it was just so perfect. I I don't have any issues with it. It came out in 2004, which is amazing. And I also love Alfred Molina, Doc Ock. I think so good. he's probably my favorite. Uh, damn, I can't say that because I might change my mind. <laughs> One of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Um, and they really treated him with such respect. Also at a time where I don't think Latino actors were getting a lot of roles to see Alfredo Molina do that and be such a great character. And then to see him come back in um, No Way Home, it really signified a great deal for me. Um, But yeah, I I love Spider-Man too. Also, Willem Dafoe, whatever movie he's in, I'm seated. I I really don't care. Like, even if it's a small part. Oh, there are no small parts, only small actors. And Willem Dafoe is no small actor. Small actor. No, (laughs) ma'am. Which... I do want to say my favorite thing about the Spider-Man decade-long 
thing as a whole is the most consistent characters are always Flash, Thompson, and Betty Brandt. You have Joe Manganiello and Elizabeth Banks as Flash and Betty. And then you have Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. Like, it's it's just so fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I would love to hear your thoughts on Spider-Man 2. I do love Spider-Man 2. I will say it's not on my my list um, just mm-hmm. because I don't find myself – and maybe it's because for so long I just didn't have access to it uh, legally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just – I never went to pick it back up, but I really did appreciate it. And, like, if, as far as history goes, like, if I was giving my, mm-hmm. like – what are the best and most important Spider-Man movies? It probably is number one and number two because it set Mm -hmm. the foundation for what we understand comic book movies to be. Like it is the formula. It it is the standard, you know? Oh yes, absolutely. But I just don't find myself going back to, to rewatch it all that often, but I do have a, like a very like massive appreciation for, and weirdly enough, I think I appreciated the character's, from Spider-Man 2 in No Way Home a little bit more because there was like a nostalgia factor there weirdly enough yeah so I don't know I mean I I I totally get that I think that's also probably the movie where I felt Tobey Maguire looked the most comfortable in Mm, yeah I look at him in that in in Spider-Man 2 and I think you knocked it out of the park as Peter Parker and you absolutely killed it as Spider-Man he his physicality and the way he was able to move in that suit at that point in time was just fantastic he, the action scenes were great um also i think visual effects in that movie really helped set a standard yeah i i, I have rewatched them and i think that the first spider-man movies almost have a, a little bit better effects than the amazing spider-man movies especially amazing spider-man 2 in my opinion um so i i really appreciate what they've done and set and the foundation it, it's true it's true it, it's a good it's just a phenomenal film and i think the fact that it's held up you know next year it'll be 20 years like that's oh we are (laughs) we are we are old ladies we are old ladies um but it's okay because we are i am a 25 year old teenager i stand by that no we're we're teens at the end of the day like it's true like am i gonna tune into the summer i turn pretty as a 23 year old absolutely like i'm a teenager yeah we're we're just girls just teenage girls we're just girls (laughs) <laughs> just a girl in the world um oh, but yeah. it you know it's just it's a great film it's a great film and i will say my my number two can be like it's a joint thing mm-hmm. with spider-man 2 so you could put Ooh. spider-man 2 in my number two slot okay. like it's interchangeable to me I'm okay. doing that to save my my butt from people being like, <laughs> you didn't put Spider-Man 2 on your list. Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> I have to say that or else people will get annoying. Put the pitchforks uh, down, everyone. Lower, down. lower it. Undo that tweet. Delete it. <laughs> Don't save the draft. Undo the tweet right now, <laughs> please. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So my number three is Into the Spider-Verse. Whoa, okay. Ooh, do tell. Into the Spider-Verse, I did not see it in a theater. I remember seeing it. My college was playing it. Like they did, um, they used to do these things like film at the 50 where they would play uh, movies on the big stadium titantron thing and we would be able to like sit on the field and watch it it was really so cool i went to an sec like football school so like everything centered around like the stadium (laughs) stuff like that so it was a bit like they would not let students touch that field for anything so it was a big deal to go and like watch a movie 
Um, but that was the first time that I had seen the movie and still, and like, that is not an ideal environment to watch a movie. There are people talking, like you don't really get the full effect of the surround sound. Like you're laying on grass. It's just not (laughs) a, a ideal environment, but I still was just like, oh my gosh, like this movie changed my, my brain chemistry. Like it is, it's a feat. Like I'm an animation girly. Like Mm -hmm. it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And I remember seeing that movie for the first time and being like, this is changing actively the industry. Like it, it, there's post, there's pre Enter the Spider-Verse and then there's post Enter the Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse as far as animation goes. And we still are seeing like, it's almost become a shorthand for a whole style. Like people watch new movies and be like, oh, that's just like Into the Spider-Verse. Like it, it changed things like yes absolutely really great movie um even story-wise it's really phenomenal i think some of the beats of across the spider-verse i think worked a little bit better for me but Mm -hmm. you don't get the greatness of into of across the spider-verse without into the spider-verse foundation that it set um wow i love that the the memory that you have of watching that like while it wasn't the ideal environment that is such a fun way like to see a brand like a brand new movie for your brain i think that is so engaging Mm -hmm. um i agree with you you're gonna into the spider-verse is ooh on my list Ooh, ooh. (laughs) i know I saw that movie also with my ex because he was a he's a big Spider-Man fan. Like that's that's probably where I I really gained a lot more appreciation. I think as mm-hmm. the years went on for it. Um, but that movie is fantastic. It changed the world of animation. I think it changed a lot for Sony personally. Like they got an Oscar out of it. They literally got best animated feature. And I think should it have been in the you know not just animated section? I actually do. I think it should have mm-hmm. been treated as a normal you know, picture because it, it it changed a lot for diversity. It changed yeah. a lot for um, just comic book movies as a whole. And I think now comic book movies are, they feel more comfortable to take risks because mm-hmm. that movie literally paid off. And it's a movie, I feel like it was a movie that people were going to see regardless. It's, it's Spider-Man. You're not, not you're not going to miss a Spider-Man movie, but I also yeah. don't think people believed in it the way that it, the way that it ended up performing. It changed like box office numbers for so many things. And mm-hmm. yeah, that is true. A lot of people do see the animation style and now attribute it to into the Spider-Verse. But I mean, that's what happens when you're great. Like that's literally, that's what happens when you set a standard. That's Sorry, impact. Guys. That's impact. That is like, impact. Not many can say the same. Sorry, not many can say the same. Not many can say. And I, it's funny that you mentioned that like it, like no one really like believed in it, believed in it. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's returning Spider-Man to his roots of yes. animation, of like a physical drawing Mm-hmm. And you'd think that Spider-Man would do a lot better in that medium. <laughs> but for so long, we had all these live action Spider-Man. And you were just like, oh, no, like, well, I want to see him, you know, like the flips. And I want to see like yeah. all this realism. And then when they bring you back to to the roots of the character, yes. you're like, oh, no, wait. Yeah, this is the intended kind of format of, of yes. this character. Like he thrives in animation. No, absolutely. And again, going back to how I feel about Across the Spider-Verse, it was such an authentic story that I mm-hmm. think its success and it being able to be so commercial is it because it all goes back to how they wrote it, how they wrote Miles. They really took inspiration, I think, from the comic books. Um, and I, I'm really excited to hopefully one day see a live action Miles Morales. I just, I don't know if it'll be the same level of, I guess, excellence as... yeah into the spider-verse they really knocked it out of the park and i i don't want to see that fall for them i really want them to continue i do too and it'll be 
it'll be tough. I always have gripes when people are like, oh, let's take an animated thing and make it live action to like mm-hmm. legitimize it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've never been a really big fan of that because the, the inverse rarely happens where you take something live action and make it animated to make it better. Yeah. So I am like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be seated. I'll check it out. But Absolutely. I, ugh, I don't know. We can't say we might feel the same, but we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll talk about it as girls. We, we will be there. Will we be happy? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I know I a lot know. of things, but I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. The event okay. of the century saved the, the box of office. Century. Besides Top Gun Maverick, which I actually really enjoyed. Like, no shade here. I actually no, really it's, that movie. Oh, no. This is a safe space for Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Yeah. Like, safe space. I'm, al- I'm always going to enjoy that movie. Oh, well, damn. Speaking of planes, my goodness. I live near there. <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's in, he's in Rome right now for the Mission Impossible world premiere. So, oh. there we are. Um, but I, what Spider-Man No Way Home did to fan culture as a mm. whole it mm. revolutionized how I think fans rallied around a movie so much. Um, and I think that is probably the movie that legitimized Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I will Absolutely. say it sucks that it took Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to get into it. Because again, I think a lot, and I, I told you about this yesterday. I think a lot of the animosity that comes at Tom Holland for playing Peter Parker comes from those fans that loved Tobey and then loved Andrew. Mm-hmm. it's Tom Holland is the most le- legitimate Spider-Man because a, he's a kid. The stakes yeah. in those movies are so damn real. They, I feel like I'm right there with him. I'm about to go fight a big battle. Um, and also just the way that the movie played out, uh, Aunt May dying was one of the worst things that ever happened to me. And I wasn't even there. That was one of the worst days of my life. Everyone it in was, that theater was in tears. Crazy. I was like, oh no, they're not gonna they're not gonna kill Aunt May. Mm. And then boom. Oh yeah. And and the way the movie was promoted, because in my opinion, I don't think it was really promoted, promoted. I think the leaks helped it so much. Because yeah. everyone was like, they're gonna bring this person and they're gonna there's gonna be cameos, there's gonna be this. Everything was a fucking leak. And mm-hmm. I I think it, it ended up helping the movie so much. I mean it crossed, I think, the two billion dollar mark. It's it's insane to think about. Um yeah. but it it's it's not a perfect movie by any means. But the way that it had an endgame level, like that was an Avengers level threat of a movie. Like Mysterio wanted an endgame level threat. This is it, bitch. Like yeah. <laughs> it happened in theaters. I saw it, I think, five times in theaters. I used my little mm. AMC pass and I made sure that I got the most out of it. And it, it was just a wonderful watch. Um, and to this day, that's probably my most rewatched Spider-Man movie ever. I love seeing Andrew. I love seeing Toby um john watts did a wonderful job like i i have nothing but good things i can't really say i have great things but good things to say because it really changed a lot for marvel and sony as a whole i i agree it posed a lot of problems because now everyone's like well how are you gonna live up to that i don't think every movie needs to live up to spider-man no way home event no it doesn't it doesn't not every movie needs to do that Mm -mm. Mm -mm. not at all it's something that's very I think people want something on such a grand level, on such a grand scale now when it comes to movies like this. And I, I think that sets a, an, a, a bad precedent for other superhero movies. Because when I think of other superhero movies that are great, that have really fun moments, I think of like Venom, the first Venom, the first Venom, with I, the first Venom. 
Let's 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 clarify. Let's be the clear on it, that. Yeah. Let's be clear. It's it's very good. It's it, it was really good, but I don't think a movie like that should have to live up to a No Way Home standard. Mm-mm. It's just an, it's. I think what No Way Home did. It was just fun. Like it was yeah. just fun. That month on the experience. internet, so fun. Oh, I've never so felt fun. better on Twitter. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My number two is also No Way Home. Um, wow. <laughs> I loved that movie. I remember going to see it. I went by myself because um, mm-hmm. it came out, I think, right before Christmas. So I was like, I was about to go back home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw it in a packed, like it was Ooh. insane, just full of people. I had the perfect seat. I was squarely in the middle. Oh, yeah. And it just felt like I was riding this roller coaster for mm-hmm. an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it was. Like it was. It, there was nothing better than like an electric movie theater going experience. And oh, that yes. is what No Way Home was. Like the cheers, even when, and I will, I will be honest, when, <laughs> when Daredevil showed up on screen, I was like, I don't know who that man is. Like everyone <laughs> around me was cheering. I was like, ooh, um, yay. I don't know who that man is. I was real shocked. Yeah, I, yeah. I know him now, but I was like, yeah. I have no idea. No clue. I mean, the, the way they were able to have so many cameos in in the matter of like, I think it was, was that movie almost three hours? I wish I got the runtime, but damn, that movie was long. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think also that now, in a way, everyone's expecting these big crossovers and cameos. And it's like, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you didn't get the call, I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to happen you. for you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Kevin Feige is not on the phone. He's got your competition on the phone right now, actually. Um, and <laughs> I I think it was just such a, a perfect storm. Um, I, I did cheer when Daredevil came out. I think the biggest cheer in my theater was Andrew Garfield coming out of that damn hole. People yeah. got up. People got up and started clapping. You would have thought we were at a NASCAR race. Like, ooh, people <laughs> were, oh, so happy. Um, even bigger cheers than Tobey Maguire, I think. It was insane. Yeah. I had a lot more, like, kind of older guy so i could tell that toby was like their spider-man so they cheered but i think because andrew was first yes. and so people saw the portal opening they were they just it was the excitement of like ah they did it like they yes. put andrew and toby in it and it was just so insane and also now we'll say no andrew garfield spider-man product or is making it onto my list but <laughs> not what neither of those films was touching this list but Mm. no way home was the redemption that andrew garfield's spider-man needed needed also for jamie fox i think electra was so much better realized i love how they just let him be as grand as he could be compared Mm. to what i think the amazing spider-man 2 did for him um but yeah it's so true i think andrew garfield spider-man deserved that redemption and he certainly earned it he gave one of the best performances of life in that movie. I, I don't care. I, I think he deserved an Oscar. I think he should have EGOT. I don't care. <laughs> Tony, everything. He he really gave it his all. And he also seemed really happy to be back mm. in the suit. He looked the most comfortable in this movie for me, besides yeah. the first two. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it, the Andrew Garfield renaissance. It, it, it came about, came and went. With with no way home, he you could just tell that he was just really excited to be back, and that's that scene. My favorite part of the movie, and I think the movie, the part that really encapsulates what Phase Four was, which is this really authentic depiction of grief, mm-hmm. is when they're on the roof and they're telling uh, Holland's Peter 
like killing Green Goblin is not going to fix this. Yeah. Like you are now mm. on a lifelong journey of grieving May. And yeah. no amount of anger, no amount of frustration is going to remedy that. And for a comic book movie where death is kind of the answer to a lot of, you know, wrongdoings mm-hmm. and everything, that's real to be like, hey, killing this man is not going to solve this problem. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I think it, it 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 was it did that in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is true. I mean, his canon event was May, but then it also was Uncle Ben. Like so many canon events, Double you have whammy. no family. You're 16 in the middle of Miami. Like there's nothing <laughs> anyone can do for you, but killing someone is not going to make you feel any better. Yeah. Um, I think also it was it was it it was really great. I think for because kids obviously went to go see this movie. Um, for them to see that you have to sacrifice so much mm-hmm. in order to help the people around you. Um, and sacrifice is a big point in both into the uh, the Spider Verse movies and also um, Spider Man Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. So grief and sacrifice. It was wonderful to see that Peter realized like you can't have it all. Yeah, you can't have. You can't have. You can't have it. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And not if you get two cakes. At all. There can't be two cakes. Oh Miles. no. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, that was such a good metaphor. They they really knocked it out of the fucking bar. They really ate uh, with that. But no way home. I mean, like I agree. The the redemption of Jamie Foxx's character Electro two because in Amazing Spider Man two, first of all, making him blue. And then that hateful, hateful wig. That hateful wig. The mustache. Mm. No. You can't make a beautiful man. I'm sorry. Like, I just, there was no way to nerd out Jamie Foxx. Like, I didn't, I thought it was an SNL skit. Like, it just didn't (laughs) look right. It didn't look, it didn't look right. It did not Um, look right. Mm -mm. Which, when they just let him have, like, he was muscly and he was gold and shiny. Like, it was perfect. It it was everything I would have wanted out of. The Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, so yeah, good for Jamie Foxx. Good for Andrew Garfield. Good, great for Tom Holland. I'm happy people like you even more now because damn, the hate train is crazy. It like is, y'all gotta stop. Yeah, ease up, ease up on that man. And first of all, it does stem because he is dating Zendaya, which like I'd be jealous too. But at the same time, if I'm dating Zendaya, I won at the end of the day. Oh yeah, you have the people's princess. Like she's literally the people's princess, and she also. Speaking of Zendaya, MJ, wonderful performance. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people disregard a lot in her catalog because they think she's just a blockbuster girl. And no, that's not true. She really can give a meaningful performance in a superhero movie. And I think a lot of actresses actually struggle with that. I think it's hard for them to acknowledge that these things while they're not real it's a fantastical experience she really honed it in i yeah i mean he's dating her props to him like you got game <laughs> I, I don't care if it took a it, it took a movie to fall in love you got mad game if you are dating zanea and the the storm on twitter on social media on whatever it was where people mm-hmm. were swearing up and down oh pr couple pr couple pr couple look now no literally which do you not I, feel foolish no, do you not feel foolish? And I think one of my favorite parts about their relationship, not to be parasocial, I don't fucking know these people. Like, I don't know them. I'm just I'm just observing. Um, I think one of the biggest gripes I have against the Amazing Spider-Man movies is Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield's relationship completely overshadowed the movie. It was something yes. that, it, and it's amazing. Like, I, I bet they had a great time together. Like, props to them for surviving that media storm because it's a lot. Like, it, it must be a lot to deal with. But their mm-hmm. relationship and, you know, when they broke up, if anything ever happened, it completely overshadowed the movie. Tom and Zendaya keep it so private for their peace. Like they really just want to keep their peace and protection. Their relationship was 
rumored and everyone knew it was true, but it never yeah. overshadowed the movies. It was an absolute perfect storm for this mm-hmm. for this whole franchise. When they dropped that like that that film camera pic in the camera in the mirror lives were changed. I was no. like, "Oh, that's how you do it. That's how you do it." And I'm still holding her to that damn um dump that she said she was going to post. She said she was going to post a photo dump of her time with the Spider-Man No Way Home people. Where is it? We never got it. Does anyone have it? Does the does your Daryl, your assistant have it? I need it. I literally need that dump. You know who I you know who's absolutely seen it? Timothy Chalamet. What oh. about the rest of us? Up and down. Up and down. He swiped through that camera roll. Up and down. Give it to the people. Give it to the rest of us. Oh. Zendaya, I know you're an afternooner. I know oh. you're listening, girl. <laughs> her and her and her dog Noon are literally seated. They're gonna be seated. Trust. Right now. Right. Let's now. it's never too late, girl. You can <laughs> hand it over. You can hand it over. Okay. So now this is this is a big moment. Your number one pick. What is it? Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I just, I have such an appreciation for Miles Morales and what he is and what they've been able to build. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when I, when I was thinking of this ranking, I literally, again, I called my brother. He loves Tom Holland, but his number one Spider-Man movie is Into the Spider-Verse. And I keep going back to when we were home alone you know, during that summer that it came out and I kept going, damn, like we really rewatched the fuck out of this movie. Like mm-hmm. it was Coco Melon for kids. It was insane. It was amazing. Um, I just have so much appreciation for the art style. I think I love an underdog. I think this movie was the mm-hmm. biggest underdog in the entire Spider-Man world. Um, and to see a kid from New York, from what Brooklyn, the Bronx, where is he from? I, why am I blanking? He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. A kid from Brooklyn a Puerto Rican, like, mind you, I, I just, I love it. I, I also love that, you know, his sacrifice will always come from thinking of his parents' sacrifice to get him to wherever. They're from Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, but that he has seen what his dad has had to do to be, get into the police force, what his mom does for, for a living. Like, I'm sure it was, it's wonderful to just, for him to see that. And then for fans at home to acknowledge that and think, oh my God, the struggle that you've gone through to get to this place. Um, but also it's, it's just so well done. I, I could sing its praises all fucking day. I love Haley Seinfeld as Gwen Stacy. I think she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Um, I loved Catherine Hahn as Doc, oh. as Olivia. Are you fucking As Liv. Like, that is like, inspired casting. When I first watched that, I was in shock because I heard her voice and I was like, oh, there's no fucking way. Like, you're nuts. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just an absolute perfect storm. And then the tie-in of Into the Spider-Verse with Spa, with that man, that, yeah, that I, that's, Josh, you know what, I think his name is Josh Schwartzman, you are a genius, your voice acting, mm-hmm. I thought it was Michael Sarah at first, but then I realized it was not, um, <laughs> I was like, why did they high-pitch your voice, and then I was like, wait, it's not you, oh my god, um, but yeah, it, it's just fantastic, I, I have nothing really bad to say about it, that is a perfect animated, and in general, just perfect superhero movie. It is. It, I mean, like we, we we talked about it a little while ago, but it just truly is. Is you sometimes you watch a movie and it's fun. Sometimes you watch a movie and it's thought provoking. But then sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, "This is important," and that is an important film. It's it's a true it's a true important movie. And I think the more I hear people talk about this 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 franchise, this branch of Sony, um, it just it's growing so much. And I'm excited for Beyond. I think it's Beyond the Spider Verse. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it just they just keep getting better and better. And I, Into the Spider-Verse will always be the foundation for what now is like a perfect superhero movie. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone at home, if you're listening, afternooners, you know, rise up, rise up. Listen up, you guys. This is it. This is the creme de la creme. But I want to hear about your number one. Numero uno is uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I loved that movie. Whoa, that is the the answer of the century because we have mm-hmm. opposite. Whoa, oh my god, dude! So tell. I going getting to go to the premiere was cool, but then I knew I was like, it's probably the adrenaline of the premiere and the celebrity of it all. I want to see it again in a regular, regular like format with the general public. With the yeah, general just public. see what everyone else is feeling, <laughs> and again. I still loved it. I I I loved it even oh, more. Um, other than like the whole like audio mm-hmm. mixing situation that happened. Oh yeah, they reset. Yeah, the new one. Right? Yeah, I think to they theaters? did. Um, oh, wow. But I still was just in awe. I think it is. It is a lot of movie. Like it's a long. It's a, it's a lot of movie. Mm-hmm. But once I got towards the end, I was sitting on the edge of my seat, and I was just like, I don't want this to end. Like I want to know what what happens. Like I just had this like really great experience. And I think the animation style, I mean, for Spider-Punk alone as a character, it is nuts to look at. It's just this feast for the eyes. All of the things that you said about Across the Spider-Verse, I absolutely agree with. I think my standouts were absolutely Oscar Isaac for more than one reason. Um, (laughs) That man is very attractive. He could bite me. Like, uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I offer myself up as as tribute. Um, apparently, someone was just like, "Well, he's not actually like a real vampire." Oop, don't care. <laughs> don't care. The lore is there, and I don't need anything I, else. That's I saw it. those things. closed. So, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And the eyes, the like, come on, like you, you can't really go cannot wrong. go wrong. Um, but overall, I just think it's just this really. Someone described it on Twitter as like this triumph of human creation. And that is so Mm. what that is. Like, I think oftentimes in movies, I like I go and I watch and I'm like, oh, yep, that was a movie that got made. But like Spider-Verse, I was like, like with Across the Spider-Verse, I was like, people made this. Like someone had to think this up and then someone else had to do it and they had to assemble it all and they made it. And it was just it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film. It's fantastic. And the standouts, again, Mm -hmm. Miguel O'Hara, Issa Rae chewed that role and spit it the fuck out. She was absolutely perfect. I also loved the callback to bringing in, you know, the characters Mm -hmm. from the last movie. Like Spider-Man Noir was really cool to see. Um, And there was just, you are right, it's a feast for the eyes. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me from that movie was that spider society is secretly evil as hell. Like, you guys are not like I don't know something and something about when Miguel O'Hara was like I had to give up the life that I wanted yeah you chose to do that no one else should have to do that no one else should have to go through what I don't care that it's a canon event um same with Gwen Stacy's dad he's not captain anymore so he's not gonna yeah. not gonna die are you gonna do anything about that like what like he stopped his own canon mm-hmm. event from happening um so it's it's interesting and also to see um spider woman stand behind him and go check that he laid at home like i hope she listens to her because when one of my favorite lines was when gwen stacy was like oh but in my gut and she said listen to your head 
don't listen to your gut. And that told me everything I needed to know. Oh, you people are evil. <laughs> sinister. A sinister society. Sinister. Like, oh, they pissed, oh, they pissed me off. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of the best movies I think of the year, if not. And I, I think that, I think that will end up in the feature film category, but. Hopefully. We'll I mean, it's, it's such a big hurdle with uh, animation and the Academy just because they're like, oh yeah, it's good, but it's animated. And it's just like, no, 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 it's just good. No. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, so when you looked at Beauty and the Beast, it was good and it was animated or was it just good? Exactly. Call them out. Let's really think about let Toy Story. Was it good or was it like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Let's run it back. Oscar. Let's, yeah, Oscar. Um, <laughs> Let's no. run it Oscar, tell me the truth. Uh, Here. Um, no, I love that ranking. I love that Spider versus mm-hmm. clearly our our favorites. Like we we just know we just know we real. speak real because I was I was getting nervous because I was like, does she not have Into the Spider Verse on her <laughs> list? You were like, I well, was like, damn. oh, okay, brave. I really thought I'm not gonna lie, to you. I thought <laughs> Amazing Spider Man was about to be number one. <gasps> Whoa. You know, I I thought about I had two rankings when I was making it, and I kept going back and forth with the Amazing Spider Man, and I just kept going for all the problems it had. It's not worth putting mm-hmm. it very high. There's so much, there's so much they missed out on. There's so much they could have done, and I think also like Andrew Garfield being Spider Man, it didn't have anything to do with it, but it just sucked that he never got his due. He never got that third movie, and who knows if that third movie would have been the greatest, the greatest Spider Man movie ever. Um, but yes, uh, I don't know. Whenever, whenever I hear people disregard the Spider Verse trilogy that is now happening, I just think, what's but you love nostalgia so much. Why don't you like what Spider Man originally once was, which which was mm-hmm. an animated character? Why don't Why don't we like that? What's Let's not really clicking. go back and think about it. What's not clicking? Like, I, no, it's crazy. It, it's so insane. Now that we've we've established who our our, our top picks are, what. Are the mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies that were not making it on these lists? Um, number six, Spider-Man: mm-hmm. Homecoming. I love that movie, but I, I, it's a bit compared to, it's a bit, it's a bit more, yeah, teenager. And I feel like I, 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 I need to rewatch to get back into that groove. Um, number seven, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Every movie that tries to go to Britain flops. Cars three <laughs> flop. Like, why'd you go to Britain? Why'd you go to the UK? I don't get it. Um, number eight, number nine, and number ten are Amazing Spider-Man one, Amazing Spider-Man two, and Spider-Man three. <laughs> I, I really, I feel bad for Andrew Garfield because he <laughs> <laughs> he got the shortest sure end of the stick, and on top of being traumatized while filming that Gwen Stacy scene, like, oh my God, you suffered. You you he suffered, suffered twice. Jesus. He suffered like, twice. Like dare I say? Yeah, like box office and watching Double that homicide. happen. Ooh, I, I double homicide like ooh. um and I, I I have seen all those movies obviously I enjoy them I just don't think they touch they creme which I'm gonna rewatch Spider-Man 3 and I'm gonna rearrange my ranking maybe because I really want to go back to that campy fun movie watching experience but these I just think these last five don't touch something like the Spider-Verse they don't touch No Way Home on scale they don't touch the first two Spider-Man movies um, but what are the ones that didn't in order? <laughs> what is your your lo- I think your low five? And really, the the order is interchangeable. Far from home. I thought about it. I thought about it. 
Because I was like, maybe I kind of like the thing with, you know, like MJ and and Peter kind of starting to get together. The whole like Black mm-hmm. Dahlia necklace thing. Yeah. But Mysterio pissed me off so bad. And <laughs> I just like, uh, I don't know. I just was not feeling it. Like, I, re- I, re- I just wasn't feeling I it. I get it. I think what Jake Gyllenhaal was trying to go for wasn't conveyed very well and I feel like he was trying to go for that campy villain aspect but I just couldn't take it seriously like everything he did and it was comical like mm-hmm. I certainly laughed but I don't think the point was for the audience to giggle yeah he was in a completely different movie than everyone else oh absolutely like you look at the way that Tom Holland's Peter Parker was like so you know like he knew what a threat this was and then you also look at Mysterio, who was treating this as like a joke. And it, it's hilarious, obviously, but I don't think it was meant to be hilarious. But, you know. To each his own. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah, to each his own. If you guys like it at home, like, by all means, enjoy it, watch it, buy it. Why don't you go buy the music? Why don't you stream <laughs> her music? Because I won't. I will not. I, I think I saw it <laughs> once in the theater and I was like, mm, that was enough that's enough just mm-hmm. just one yeah time. i agree <laughs> um uh, yeah the andrew garfield i i here's the thing andrew garfield said my third movie is no way home and i'm gonna treat it as such yes Those first two i saw the first one because i was like okay spider-man like i'm in it andrew garfield hot i can do this and yeah there was just something about how he played peter in the first one that i was like this doesn't feel like peter parker i agree even though he's my number one Peter Parker, I thought he did such a good job. He 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 reminded me of comic book Peter, which I really okay. like. So I think that's why that's why I ranked him number one. Um, but Tom Holland on all fronts mm-hmm. is Spider Man. It's just who he it's is. It's just who he is. And like Andrew tried, he did the best that he could with what mm-hmm. he had. That's not his fault. But um, yeah, that was that was not gonna make it on my list. No, I'm not gonna make it on my list. I'm so sorry. I don't think I've picked up. I don't even think I ever picked up the Amazing Spider-Man two. I don't think I have ever touched it. And you don't need to. Like, there's nothing to really rewatch. There's nothing to do. They also, I think, one of my biggest um, issues with, I believe, it's Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man two, is we introduced. First of all, you have Dane DeHaan, who actually did a great job as Harry Osborn. I thought he was very believable. I loved his role. I thought he was just fantastic. And then you also had, like, in Zoe Deutsch was in that movie. Did you know that? And they cut her footage. She got to watch her cut Spider-Man footage on Jimmy Fallon. It was insane. And then you have Shailene Woodley, who was supposed to be Mary Jane of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. She shot in 2013 for months, cut completely out of the movie. Like, it was crazy um felicity jones also introduced as black cat i just thought was such a missed opportunity and obviously they were planning to do spider-man 3 it never Never happened happened. um so i i just i don't know i really wish they could have picked up the ball and done it a bit better but you know the universe stops things for a reason and who knows what would have happened if that movie would have been made a canon event that was avoided All of us watching event. that movie would have been a canon All of us event. Watching. It just yes, it just didn't give what I needed it to give, and that's okay. That's okay. We can't all slay. Mm-hmm. We can't slay every day. No, and I think Andrew Garfield, you slay in so many other. You were given so much mm-hmm. that some things just aren't going to roll. Some things just aren't going to happen. They're just not going to happen. But like everything you needed to know about his Spider-Man and Peter Parker, you can get it in No Way Home. 
Yes, absolutely. All, his 15 minutes of fame there, perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, those movies, not making it on my list at all. Um, <laughs> sorry to that man. But speaking of your – so you said you separate Spider-Man from Peter Parker. I do. I have to. So we know you're number one, which is Andrew Garfield. Yeah. What What is Andrew the rest Russell, of that Peter list Parker. look like for you? And who are your favorite – how would you rank the, the Spider-Man? I think when I rank Spider, Spider-Man in the suit, mm-hmm. I think, A, how comfortable they look. Um, the suit is a really big part of it. And, again, I, I really love um, – Toby Toby Maguire's suit and I also really like Tom Holland's suit um so I think of just physicality I think of how they're they look in the suit because sometimes on screen I don't think the suits always translate Mm. very well like I think a lot of people really enjoyed a lot of people had issues with Tom Holland's suit because they were like spider suit spider suit like Iron Man designed that who gives a fuck it looks good like sometimes it looked bad that CG didn't always work but but my Peter Parkers are my number one, Andrew Garfield, number two, Tom Holland, number three, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. I don't think Andrew Garfield ever really looked comfortable playing Spider-Man. Yeah. He was most comfortable as Peter Parker. And then I look at Tobey Maguire and I'm like, just because of Spider-Man fucking two, mm. that you looked so good, you you were so comfortable but then you have a fucking gymnast, Tom Holland. Like, he literally can do anything. Of course I'm going to rank him number one because he moves like a literal spider. It's he, He's everywhere. Everyone has a gimmick these days. Like, it, it's perfect. It's amazing. That's his gimmick. That is his gimmick. Um, but Peter Parker, it goes back to the comics. I mean, I, I love a teenager. I think basing him off of, you know, 80s characters for Tom Holland worked so mm. well for him. Like, especially Michael J. Fox, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, you're, like, I see what they were going for, and it translates so well. Yeah, and that's just the effectiveness of the character. I think my mm-hmm. ranking is about the same. Uh, other than I would put Tom Holland as number one in both, honestly. Mm, um, okay. I think I appreciate Tobey Maguire, you know, to be the first one to put on the suit in live action, that's tough because you are, there is no standard. You are creating the standard that's difficult. But just seeing how the standard was improved upon, I appreciate, Mm -hmm. I respect, but I just think Tom Holland, he's just, he's just that guy for me. I appreciate it. Sometimes you're just that guy. And thank God. Thank God for Tom Holland. Like, I don't care. I'm going to sing his praises. (laughs) Tom Holland. (laughs) Um, So we know that you are an actress, but who is your favorite Spider-Man character? And follow-up question, who would you want to play? Like, any Spider-Verse character, (gasps) animated, live action, like, what is a dream Spider-Man role for you? Oh, my God. My favorite Spider-Man character of all time Mm -hmm. is probably Gwen Stacy. I feel like every iteration of her, whether it's Bryce Dallas Howard, Emma Stone, Haley Steinfeld, whoever they end up bringing in next to play, you know, the live action version, there's a lot of conversations about that. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I feel like she was just so fun. I loved the way they dressed her. She's a very preppy girl. Mm -hmm. She's about her business. She's about her education. She she has a clear plan for her future. Um, But who I'd like to play... You know what? I'm going to be so honest. I'm not excited for Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson's Spider-Man movie, personally. Like, I'm going to be so honest. I think it's great that they're giving, um, like, very talented women, you know, a shot at this world. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I think Jessica Drew is someone who I'd really like to play or like, I'm just going to go classic Mary Jane who, what what young girl didn't want to be Mary Jane dating Spider-Man? Like you don't think of the consequences when you're little, you just think of, Oh my God, I would be dating (laughs) Spider-Man. Like, yeah, I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not too excited for that one, but Jessica Drew is another character that I really like. Jessica Drew is, I think that's a good look. That's a good look. I could definitely see you as, as a Gwen Stacy. Like I could definitely see that. I love her. I could see that for you. Give me the blonde wig. <laughs> blonde wig. I'll do it. I'll do, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Um, but no, yeah. Gwen Stacy, she's just so perfect. Whoever they cast for that is going to be, because Haley Steinfeld has thrown her hat in the ring. You know, everyone wants to fan cast Hunter Schaefer. Ooh. So what? We'll see where they go. Some people have thrown in Sabrina Carpenter's name. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people w- were wondering, you know, what character Sydney Sweeney was. And I'm like, there's no way. I, I do not see her as Gwen Stacy at all. I I don't really know what to make of, of this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Because <laughs> there, there, there were random photos of them on shooting in New York. And we saw it. And I... I where why like and people have that issue with venom and i'm like oh people what was that damn jared leto movie morbius oh Oh my god talking about morbius that is insane to think about that's a time oh gosh forgot about that movie blocked it out of my mind a little bit sorry sony sorry sony don't blacklist me but yeah we love you guys i just think they're there's a better way to go about these things. Like, I just, I don't know. But also I think they also know that that movie is never going to get the love that they, that they would like it to. Yeah. Because just, it was unserious from the jump. Oh, camp. And it's, it's not even, uh, it's not even fun camp. It was just like, what are we doing? It's just like, Oh, okay. No camp value whatsoever. No camp value. Just Jared Leto. And yikes. Um, And Dr. Who like, because I love Matt. What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with that? I can't do anything with that personally. Nothing at all. No, I agree with you. I, but what about you? Oh my God. What, who would be your dream Spider-Man character to play? And who's your favorite? Honestly, my favorite probably is, is probably Zendaya's MJ, like Mary Jane Watson. Like I, yeah. or Michelle, I think her name is Michelle, whatever. Michelle, Michelle MJ, Michelle MJ yeah. Jones. Um, I, I just, there's something about that character that's just very, very chill. I like how she in Homecoming is kind of just like observing from the background. And I agree. She's just this kind of, um, just this this presence and then she becomes this really big force in in no way home i feel like if i were to play a character it would probably be like that um yeah or i would maybe do like honestly i don't know maybe just like a like a background like spider sona you know like just the voice of someone (laughs) (laughs) like just someone in the background i don't need to be like integral to the story like i don't know i could play we just want to be there we just want to be be there there. maybe beyond the spider verse i can be one of miles's cousins on his dad's side like i you know (laughs) i i don't need to have a big role you know what i'm saying i just want to be a part so no I like that. I think that's good. You would do a very good MJ. I think it would be like you're like you'd be hiding in the shadows and then boom, there she is. There I am. Perfect. Uh, well, it's Zendaya. If you get tired, girl, I can pick up the slack and they can they can fix it in post. They can make me look like you. Yes. Yeah. Trust and believe. Like, well, they can make it their movie magic. That's what it's for. Deep fake it. Just map her face <laughs> on my face. <laughs> it's 
all good. It's all good. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. Um, other than the technical difficulties in the middle, but we powered through. We sure did. We we powered through. So my last question to you, not very Spider Man related, but I you, like you just always are. You have your finger on the pulse. Like when it comes to pop culture, you are in the know. So I need to know, like, what are you watching right now? What are you listening to? What are you excited yes. for for the summer? You know, we've had a lot of great releases. What's what's on Emily's list? Emily's list right now, most excited for Barbie. I don't think mm. you you are, if not more excited than I am. This is the movie of the century. Movie of the century yeah. um, like literally, hold on. I have my literal Barbie tote bag. Like Oh, right real. <laughs> real. <laughs> it's right there. Um, no, I think that movie's gonna change a lot mm-hmm. just in terms of movie making. I think Greta's attention to detail is absolutely fantastic. The promotion has been the AD video. That's insane. That's real. That art that's marketing. That's promotion. Seven minutes of uh, seven minutes in heaven. That's what it was. Oh, literally. And then also just the, the attention to detail to how kids play with Barbies, I think is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I feel like if anyone else would have directed a Barbie movie, it would not look like that. And I know there's supposed to be some iteration of Polly Pocket with Lily Collins as Polly somewhere in the world oh. and you just have very big shoes to fill but I, I used to chew on your shoes <laughs> and get ready because you're gonna have to step up to the plate and battle it out with miss barb yeah um and then what i'm watching right now i just finished watching based on a true story on peacock mm-hmm. which is actually very excellent i love kaylee cuoco i love leonardo Leon, liana liberato um and it, it's a really good show i i had a lot of fun watching it. it's a fast watch all the episodes are on peacock um i've also been watching i finished citadel on prime with richard madden and priyanka okay i've realized i don't like action tv series i just love action movies because people were complaining about extraction and extraction too chris hemsworth i'm on your team like i'm sorry (laughs) i'm always going to be on your side i think you are the action ken of our dreams um but yeah i finished watching that and then another oh the kardashians on hulu i don't i'm always going to watch the kardashians i grew up with watching them Real Housewives of New Jersey I'm watching. Um, Vanderpump Rules drama. I'm all caught up. Oh. Like those. Just insane. That wor- world is insane. Like Andy Cohen, I don't know what you have at Bravo, but you have insane people <laughs> running your your service. Um, and then I think, that's, I think that's pretty much it. I'm reading a lot of books about clothes right now. Because I love learning about fashion. And I, I got, um, there's a, a bookstore near me that has cats in it. And you literally just lounge with the cat. And they're selling books for cheap. I got two books about clothes for 4 and $8. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. And they're used. They're great. But they also have just a great selection of every genre you could possibly imagine. Um, and then I'm also – one thing I'm learning about is color theory. Because mm. I, I have a lot of clothes. But I feel like I don't always know how to pair the colors I have in my closet. So for a tip for anyone out there. Once you learn about color theory, making an outfit is going to be the easiest thing in the world. Very true. Very, very true. And then – one thing I'm listening to, and I keep going back to this album, is Folklore by Taylor Swift. I will never hate her. I will never hate Folklore. I think she it, it's just one of the most quintessential albums um, of my life. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, oh, Barbie soundtrack, Angel by Pink Panther, mm-hmm. the Carol G song, Dance the Night. Um, I'm really excited to see what else happens with that ordeal mark ronson you're a genius and a king and i love you oh my gosh that's a well-rounded list like it, it reached oh. a lot of places oh yeah i'm i'm always i even if i even if i'm only watching like one episode of something to come back to i just want to make sure i at least know 
what's going on. Um, and then everything on Twitter, like I get so sucked in by Twitter because everyone's talking about something mm-hmm. like mutuals talking about music. I'm like, Oh, let me, let me learn about this. Like you posted about the Warner brothers documentary and I literally went to go watch it that night. It was perfect. So it's, a, I do recommend that documentary. If nothing else, watching the first episode, if you want to yes. understand like Hollywood history Mm -hmm. watching that first episode gives you so much learning about how they created the star system that was so Mm -hmm. exploitative and bad for actors and just being able to draw it to now and like what are the similarities how people like hated jack warner they wanted that man oh gone gone eradicated like literally they wanted to hire hitmen for him it was insane it's it, warner brothers is probably besides mgm i think to the studios that really had some of the most exploitative star system mm-hmm. um so it's really fascinating to learn even though there's a bit of bias they're talking about it in a nicer way than maybe a historian would yeah but no one wants to lose a job like no <laughs> one wants to be unemployed they were just like we will we're gonna air our tea not too much not, not too much, much. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it no worries mm-hmm. oh absolutely that is good it's really good i highly that's my my one thing that i'm i'm watching that i think i just have like the last episode left which is talking about like present day stuff oh sweet yeah um and then i'm finishing reading interview with the vampire right now <gasps> okay i amc we're gonna need i'm gonna need ha- bailey bath <sighs> That day was so sad. And congrats to the new actress. Like, by all means, like, I think so excited for her. Really, yeah. Yeah. So excited. It's, it's kind of like a role of a lifetime. You have big shoes to fill. Very big shoes. Bailey Bass did such a great job. And now she's moving on to so much. Um, but Interview with a Vampire, that's a show that needs more buzz. It needs more, more buzz. buzz. More viewers, and it's just because of the AMC service. I really hope people can at least give it a sh- give it a shot and get a free trial. Please, guys, AMC, AMC, please, AMC, Thanks. please do what you need to do. This show is too good, and mm-hmm. the writing is just so, so insanely good. And it's because they oh, write yeah. it like a play; like it's not too many sets. Like they're really, it's just this like deep character piece. Jacob Anderson, Sam Reed are just like operating on a different level their chemistry i could have sworn those two men were like together like that chemistry (laughs) is insane it's just such a good show i've talked about it before on this podcast at for a whole month i've talked about vampires and i wax poetic about it but it is such a good show you just need to watch it please Please. Which, are you excited for Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo? I feel like that's going to be such a good song. Do you know how many people sent that to me? They were just like, Bobby, Vampire. And I was like... She's an afternooner. She heard your (laughs) call. Like the bat signal. Uh, She was just like, okay, I need... I'm I'm having a little bit of a a comeback. Like, what what is the song? What's the vibe that I need to have? Vampire. And I was like, Olivia, that's perfect. She called me. Oh, I already knew about it. Like, she called me. (laughs) <laughs> she checks up on you trust yeah trust like that's my sister we check up on each other but yeah no but this is this was so much fun emily where can where can the people find you on the internet and beyond the people can find me my username for everything is emily uribe it's just spelled differently on every platform <laughs> on twitter it's emily uribe with one u one e on instagram it's emily uribe with two e's at the end on tiktok it's emily uribe with two u's for my last name <laughs> um so as long as you look up emily uribe something will pop up there's not many of us um, <laughs> that will be there but yeah that's where you can find me um and i post again skits i talk about movies sometimes as you've heard in the beginning. I think I'm planning my Barbie content and trying to figure out what's going to be best, but always 
learning and loving from Miss Bobby herself. Your videos are, I have to praise you, your videos are really fucking good. Oh like, my you god, stop have it. captured the art of a, A, your intro is so iconic. Like, it's Thank perfection. You. you, like, your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture, yeah, she sure does. Like, <laughs> watch this space right now. Watch it. Um... But yeah, and um, yeah, that's where you can find me and check me out. See if you like it or not. If not, that's totally cool. <laughs> I, We're living life over here. No, I I think if someone is listening to me, they absolutely know who you are. And I think just <laughs> <laughs> like I would be shocked if someone was like, oh, I've discovered Emily from this episode. But if you have, I think this was a, an amazing enough episode that go check out Emily and all the stuff that she's doing. Thank you. Whatever glamorous red carpet <laughs> you're on next interview uh, first of all i have to ask and this can make it in or not but i have to ask what was it like interviewing martin scorsese i just need to know <gasps> no, for I, myself that can be this this can be this can be on the table on air um well i mean i i didn't go in i went into it thinking i really want to interview martin but that was such a long shot considering a everyone they were telling me that was coming for that Tobey Maguire was at that carpet Leonardo DiCaprio Robert De Niro was there um it was it was a huge cast of like the godfathers really of what Hollywood was once and still is and they created so much um but I got to actually talk to his daughter first Francesca Scorsese who had a film premiere um at Tribeca I believe it's a fish out of water I could be wrong about the title um but I'm really excited to check that out and I just got to chat with her and she's lovely and then Jesse Plemons came by and I got to interview him and then I saw Martin was making his way back to Brute which is a French publication and they kind of got everyone like everyone wants to go interview with one of the biggest I think publications in France and I remember the person who was wrangling for me wasn't grabbing Martin and I was like oh bitch (laughs) you're gonna get him (laughs) and right before he left I literally just went Martin Martin like I was so excited and I only got to ask him one question, but his answer was so genuine and so kind. And I, who who can say that they're going to get to interview Martin Scorsese in their life besides like maybe when he was promoting other movies. Um, so to mm-hmm. catch him, I think what a lot of people think is his retirement is, is really major. And I, I don't know if I'll ever interview someone that grand again on that scale on that type of carpet, but I'm, I'm so pleased with it. It was insane. My dad literally was like, Oh my God. Like my dad was shocked <laughs> when I sent him the photo. Um, and everyone around me was just like, it, it was such a big deal. Um, Cause it's Martin fucking Scorsese. Like who, like literally who could say that? So my, I saw that picture and my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, Martin, Martin, Grant, like grandpa, Marty, grandpa, Marty. My next on my list is the only thing I've ever gotten to tell Spielberg is I, I too had a parent that did something bad. Um, after watching the- <laughs> I told him that at the critics choice. No, at the Golden Globes. Cause he walked by and I couldn't stop him. But I was like, Oh, we were, he was about to walk by and we ended up chatting and I was like, no, I too had a parent that did something. And he goes, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And, and next on my list is Steven, but who knows where the world will take me. But yeah. Interview Martin was, was a really big highlight of my life. And if I never do anything again on that scale, I can always say that I have that beautiful moment. Oh, that's that uh, absolutely, and I think Spielberg is soon to come so, afterward. Uh, like he's just. If, I think if I met him, because I've been, I went to the the Fablemans mm-hmm. premiere, and yes. he's like ten feet away from me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, like that's Steven Spielberg. You're looking at like what in, in his sensible little shoes. Like he always has his sensible little shoes on, and he's so that cute. man is comfortable. Oh. He's gonna be comfortable over anything else. No, which. I was, when I went to go watch, not to bring up Rise of the Beast again, but I'm a big Transformers fan. 
Um, but my roommate, we saw it together and she was like, Steven Spielberg EPs these. And I'm like, Oh, from the beginning. Oh, he had, mm-hmm. he had a vision and you can see it in Bumblebee. You can see his impact in Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld. Um, but yeah, Steven Spielberg, another godfather of cinema. Like who can say, <laughs> who could say they were 10 feet away from him? Like Jesus Christ. And I gave him a fist bump at the Oscars and I was like, I have never washing this hand again. No, it was insane but i know that like like watch this space mark this moment like <laughs> when we see emily interviewing steven spielberg i'll be like she dropped it on the afternoon special podcast so we all heard it here first um, i heard it here first so everyone can everyone can say they were here before the big big moment big big party Af- afternooners doing so much doing so much <laughs> worldwide <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on, Emily. This was this was a blast. No, this was amazing. This was so I fun. I love this. It was like two friends literally just having a conversation about their favorite movies, and that's how I feel about every single episode you do. So thank you for having me, and thank you for allowing me into this lovely clubhouse that you have. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judai, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade! And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcast.